This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by patrons just like you. Head on over to patreon.com slash runjumpstomp to support Switchcraft and all my other content. Thank you. Nintendo originally projected that they were going to be selling 2 million consoles in the first month. Retailers ended up reporting to analysts, which is a weird combination of things, that Nintendo had actually sold 2.4 million, which everybody looked at and said, well, hey, man, Nintendo's doing really well. We are now at the end of Nintendo's fiscal year. It ended at the end of March, and today Nintendo released their fiscal year uh, reports to shareholders. And what they ended up saying is that they actually sold 2.76 million consoles. So that is even well beyond what um, retailers were saying. So it looks like the Nintendo Switch is off to a really, really good start. In fact, it, it in Japan, it beat PS4 original sales, or um, I'm sorry, launch sales of the PS4. I talked about that last episode. If you missed that one, go back and check it out if you haven't yet. Uh, another ridiculous number is that Zelda has a 100, actually over 100% attach rate. This is probably... Uh, people who bought Zelda in anticipation that they were going to get a Switch and they still haven't gotten a Switch uh, because they're hard to find. My guess is that Nintendo would have sold a lot more Switches if they could produce more. And I've talked about that in the past before. Another number that they gave us is that they've also sold 5.6 million games to go with those 2.76 million consoles. That's pretty good, especially considering the number of games that were out in March. And I, I'm I'm not 100% sure, but I believe that this information is only for March because this is a fiscal year report, and their fiscal year ended in at, on March 31st. Is there 31 days in March? I think so. I'm not sure. So their fiscal year ended on March 31st. I don't think that we're actually looking at any April numbers. Uh, if I'm wrong, I will let you know. If uh, if some or or maybe one of you guys will let me know. Either way would be fine. So Nintendo sold a whole bunch of games, which is great considering that there weren't a whole lot of games to to buy for the Switch in that first month. Um, but now things really seem to be picking up, and I really like what Nintendo's doing with this first year uh, strategy. This first year strategy, it seems like they're saying we're going to have a big game every month to month and a half and that's going to make sure that you have plenty of stuff to play we're surrounding all of these huge releases with uh smaller stuff from third parties be they big third party developers or like sega or small stuff like yacht club yacht club games with shovel knight etc they went on to say that they've they've upped their projections. Now, originally, Nintendo had said in the first year, we're going to make 8 million consoles. 
That's that's not how many they projected to sell. I don't know if they said how many they were projected to sell, but originally they were going to make or build 8 million consoles. And Nintendo has decided, uh, we had already known this, but they had upped production to make sure that they sold uh, or to make sure that they built 16 million consoles. So they're projecting, or what they are projecting is that they're going to sell 10 million of those consoles, leaving 6 million probably still in circulation uh, around the world. So first thing that I want to say is when we go back to at the beginning, I said that Nintendo projected to sell 2 million. Nintendo has a tendency to make conservative estimates. Now, they are a conservative Japanese company. This is not a huge surprise, and Nintendo is not the only ones that do that. A lot of companies make conservative estimates. If they make if they make estimates that are too high, well, then the stockholders are going to be very, very angry when they don't meet those estimates. So it's quite often the case that, that companies like Nintendo and Nintendo uh, will actually say, all right, well, we really think it's going to be up here, but we'll say it's going to be down here. That way, it just kind of hedges our bets. And then when it goes up above what we're estimating, uh, then everybody's happy. If it comes in less than what we're estimating, then people are not happy. So I understand why they do that. All right, so Nintendo is building 6 million consoles, and they're projecting that they're going to sell 10 million. My guess is because they have conservative estimates that we're likely to see the real number is probably going to be somewhere between 10 and 16 million. So I think that that's really awesome for Nintendo, and I think that these are excellent numbers. Uh, other stuff that they said, they claimed that One Two Switch is generating buzz because basically they're talking to shareholders uh, at this uh, event, and they said that One Two Switch is generating buzz. Now, I don't know if that's true. Most of the things that I've heard about 1-2-Switch, and I haven't personally played that game, but most of the things that I've heard about it have not been very good. Uh, a lot of people say it should have been a pack-in, which, you know, I was listening to a, a podcast, uh, Switchcast, the other day. I know it's very similar to the title of mine. Uh, and they, one of the hosts, KC, he was he made a really good point that this is a game where you have to have multiple players in order to enjoy it. So having it be a pack-in would be a huge mistake. And I'd never thought about that until he said that, but I totally agree. So I don't think it should have been a pack-in. But a lot of people don't think that it is substantial enough for the $50 price tag that comes along with it. And while I haven't played it, just from what I've seen, I, I probably agree. Uh, it really feels to me more like it should have been a $20 game. Or what they really should have done is made the games shorter, um, make a whole lot more of them, and then slap some WarioWare stuff on there, and that would that that thing would have sold really really well. So, Nintendo says that it's generating buzz. It is high on the best sellers list on the eShop on the times that I've checked, but I think Nintendo saying this is them trying to actually generate buzz for it. I don't think that it's actually generating buzz. I think that it's just them trying to get say and like, "Hey, we're doing really well. Hopefully this gets us to do well." That kind of thing. Um overall, it seems like things are all puppy dogs and sunshine for Nintendo, but that's not really the case because right now they are their revenue 
is down three is three percent down from the year before, from from fiscal year twenty fifteen, and it is eleven percent down, or their operating profits are eleven percent down from fiscal year. Uh, 2015. So 2016 was not nice to Nintendo, and that's because they had this albatross around their neck of the Wii U, uh, just no software coming out for it, or at least very little software coming out for it. And that really hurt them. Um, all of this good stuff that's happening, that happened in the last month of fiscal year 2016. So what we should be expecting to see is fiscal year 2017, which ends in April next year. Um, that's going to be huge, and they should see a big uptick in both uh, revenue and operating profit. Another reason that they gave for having uh, lower revenue and operating profits this year it was because they uh, spent some money developing some software that did not pan out the way that they thought that, that was going to, and that was their mobile stuff, like Super Mario Run and Fire Emblem Heroes. Those two games, while making millions of dollars, also cost them a bunch of money to make, and it, they didn't make as much on, on Super Mario Run as I think that they anticipated. This is mostly because they made a really big misstep with Super Mario Run, and that big misstep was their pricing strategy. They gave out the first few levels for free, and then they said, if you want to buy the rest, it's $10. Well, honestly, what they should have done is given out no levels for free and just sold the game at $10, and it would have gotten a very good review because what actually ended up happening is you can't review a game on iTunes unless, you've, unless you have downloaded it. So a lot of people downloaded it who weren't really interested. They just kind of wanted to check it out. And then when they found out that it costs money, oh my gosh, products that you want have to like you have to pay for things. They they gave everybody gave it one star reviews even though it was a really fantastic game. I put a lot of hours into Super Mario Run and it's really fun. I didn't think they'd be able to make a game like Mario compelling where all you do is is hit the button but they really or, or hit tap the screen they did a really good job with it and i think that that right there is one reason that they didn't do as well as they thought they were going to the second reason is fire emblem heroes kind of had the um you know it's in the shadow of super mario run a lot of people looked at uh fire emblem heroes and they said well super mario run got really bad reviews this is also from nintendo and so maybe I'm not even going to bother checking it out, even if it is free. Uh, a second thing is that a lot of people don't know what Fire Emblem is. If I if you walk down the street, even even gamers, a lot of gamers won't even know what Fire Emblem is. So they didn't have that name recognition, and it didn't have that push on the App Store like Super Mario Run did. If you look back at last uh, winter, um, I think like November and December, Super Mario Run was like plastered all over the app store it was like this huge blitz and it really helped people it got people's attention and people downloaded it but very like the conversion into a paying customer wasn't there uh, before i said that that i think that nintendo should have just sold it for ten dollars another way that they could have done it and this is what most mobile platforms would have done would have been like 
Uh, the first few levels are free, and then every level after that is a dollar. And I think that even if it was the same game and it would cost more money that way, it would have gotten better uh, results in the App Store that way, not only fiscally, but also reviews-wise, because a lot of people just gave it one-star reviews because they didn't want to pay $10 for a game. While I was recording that last session, my phone kept going off. I don't know if you guys could hear it, but one of the things that uh, happened when my phone went off is it was a message from Google saying, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe has shipped. And I am so excited for this. But you've heard me gush about Super Mario, uh, Super Mario, uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe for a, a couple episodes now. So I'm not going to do that right now. Right now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to rake them over the coals because this is a multiplayer game launching in 2017. And currently, it does not have voice support. Currently, Nintendo has yet to release the information on their. $20 a year or $30 a year. We don't even really know the pricing. We're, we're basing the pricing off the yen price that uh, Kimishima-san uh, has, has told uh, people in Famitsu. Um, so we're just basing that off the yen price. But people, the rumors are that it's going to be between $20 and $30 for this online service, kind of like Xbox Live or PS Plus. Now, they said that that is not starting until summertime. Well, it's not summer yet, so it's kind of bad because Nintendo is releasing Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which is a fantastic game. How do I know it's fantastic? Well, I know it's fantastic because I've played it on the Wii U, and this is basically a re-release with some more uh, modes or with some improved modes. So keeping that in mind... The fact that it's launching without voice support is really irritating to me, and I just want to address that. And I think it's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. If you look back to my uh, my other podcast, I used to do – I have another podcast just called Run Jump Stomp that I do with a, another streamer call, uh, who's called DJ Zap. And before he joined the show, I did that podcast for many episodes all by myself, kind of like I'm doing this one. And – in that, I talked about Nintendo a lot more than I do because now I have my Nintendo show. But on there, I, I said that when Splatoon was coming out, that, damn it, Nintendo, you need to figure out what you're going to do. You need to make sure that we've got voice chat or that game's going to fail. Now, I was totally wrong. I jumped up and down and I said, without voice chat, Splatoon is going to fail. And I was wrong. It didn't fail. In fact, it succeeded so well that I cannot wait for Splatoon 2 to come out. And a lot of people can't wait for Splatoon 2 to come out. But it launched without voice chat. And now Mario Kart 8 is also launching without voice chat. Now, they have said that their online um, solution will include voice chat. So I'm sure that Mario Kart 8 will get a patch in the future. If it doesn't, I'm telling you, there's going to be pitchforks, people. I'm going to hold the first one. Um, but thinking about this... The fact that it's launching now, I almost feel like Nintendo would have been better off having let Mario Kart 8 Deluxe wait until the voice chat was ready or launch the voice chat earlier. Even if it's in beta, even if you're still trying to figure it out, just launch it so the people can use it. Uh, I think that's a big deal. Now, 
I've been saying on the show that we're going to be hosting uh, Mario Kart 8 tournaments right here on the stream where you can race against me. Uh, my friend code is going to be in the show notes, so you can find that. Or, or just head on over to twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp, and you can watch there or race there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're probably going to end up using Discord for voice chat. Um, not everybody is going to be able to join that because I'm going to be streaming and... You know, I can't I can't control what other people say, but I think maybe what I'll end up doing is having uh, patrons uh, will be able to join that voice chat because I because Discord has Patreon integration and I'll be able to make sure that, you know, there's a small barrier to entry to getting into the to that voice chat because I don't want somebody coming in there and then shouting expletives and ruining my stream by being, you know, the Internet. Uh, Anyway, that's beside the point. Launching this game without voice chat is a mistake, Nintendo, and you need to fix this mistake. Now, I know that they're not going to actually change anything right now. They're going to wait until they're ready, and um, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt that in the future, Mario Kart 8 will have voice chat, but as of right now, it doesn't, and that is very much a problem. Swing your arms from side to side. Come on, it's time to go. Do the Mario. Take one step and then again. Let's do the Mario all together now. With Mario Kart 8 coming out uh, this tomorrow, this tomorrow, that's a thing now. Uh, With Mario Kart 8 coming out this tomorrow, I haven't played a whole lot other than Zelda and Puyo Puyo Tetris. Puyo Puyo Tetris came out on Tuesday. And I play, I've been playing a lot of that game. Um, my son and I were playing it in the car because we, we, I, I broke down. As soon as it got here, I started playing it in all the different modes and, and really having a ball with it. And then my wife said, did you get one for Dragon Knight as well? She actually didn't say Dragon Knight. She said his name, but you get the picture. The Dragon Knight is my son. But did you get one for Dragon Knight as well? And I said... No, I figured that we could just share this one, but she was having so much fun with it. She was like, I think you should get him one. And I said, well, I'll just give him this one then, and I'll just buy a a digital copy. So that's what I ended up doing. Now, that's moving on. I've been playing a lot of Puyo Puyo Tetris, and it is really fun. I played it yesterday online. Um, I didn't get a chance to play it on Tuesday before the show very much. Uh, so I haven't played it very much online before Tuesday, but yesterday I spent some time playing Puyo Puyo Tetris online, and I gotta say, that game is really good. I mean, it is really good, and you can filter by what kind of game that you want to play. So I can say, all right, I only want to play Swap, and in Puyo Puyo Tetris Swap, basically you play Puyo Puyo, which is like Japanese Tetris, I guess. It's some, it's a big deal over there. And then after a certain time interval, it switches over to switches. Hey, there you go. Uh, it switches over to Tetris. Um, and then after a certain amount of time, it switches back to Puyo Puyo. So you've got you're basically playing these two games at once, and it's really really fun and compelling. I'm having a blast with it. Um, playing it online, they've got ranked mode which you can make sure that you're going up against people who are at your skill level, which is great. I did, because everybody's kind of starting out at the same time, the game doesn't know your skill level yet. So as time goes on, 
you're going to climb up the ranks or fall down the ranks if you're not very good like me. And so right now there's a whole bunch of people who are playing the game who are really awesome and they're they're very quickly going to move past um so right now I've been matched up against some people who just absolutely destroyed me when like I even you can watch replays and I went and watched watched a replay to see how the hell did he make all those matches so fast um and like I could not believe the lightning quick speed that he was making matches so right now those people are all at the bottom with me pretty quickly they're going to move they're going to separate themselves because they're going to play a lot probably and that won't be a problem for very long i really like puyo puyo tetris there's a lot of whole there's a lot of different modes there's there's one mode that's almost like a fighting game where they've got you they set up these uh scenes or not scenes but but boards where you can easily make a lot of matches very very quickly and whoever does it faster like they'll give you four or five to go through and whoever gets to the to the end of that first or before the timer goes off um then they'll send damage over to a health bar of your opponent which is really cool and i was playing that against my son we i was we were playing puyo puyo or i was playing puyo puyo and he was playing tetris and he was destroying me because i feel like tetris is a lot easier at low skill levels but at higher skill levels um puyo puyo does a lot more damage to the other player. Uh, he was destroying me because we're both low skill and it was really fun. And that's called black hole. Then there's another mode called party, which is really cool. There's um like these little icons that are on the bottom of the screen. And as you match stuff, if you match stuff that would be in that line, it uses that thing. And one of the things that, that, that happens with these icons is it's basically an attack that goes over to the other side. So you can lock their pieces so they can't rotate them, which is really frustrating. You can make their pieces fall incredibly fast. You can have like a flashlight swinging back and forth from the top, and you can only see where that flashlight is hitting. And all of these little, um, God, how do, how do I want to say it? All of these um, in inconveniences or, you know, attacks, basically, they last for a few seconds and then they go away. Uh, that might be my favorite mode. It's not as technically challenging as the black hole one is, but it's a lot of fun when you when you're playing and you're like, oh, have fun with this, honey. And now suddenly she can't see because the swings thing swinging back and forth. And then she's like, well, have fun with this. And she sends back all my pieces are locked and falling super fast. It's really, really cool. And I'm having a blast with that game. If you uh, haven't picked it up, it's $30 or maybe is it $39? It's either $30 or $39. Uh, there's a link in the show notes where you can pick it up uh, on Amazon. And that will actually support the show by by using that link to buy the game. But I highly recommend that you pick up Puyo Puyo Tetris. It's And I wanted to have it digital on my system because it is one of those games that I'm going to be playing all of the time. Like, oh, five minutes to kill? Here, let's sit down and play Puyo Puyo. I can take off the uh, the Joy-Cons, hand one to somebody, and we can have a blast. And that's how my wife and I have been playing. Um, when we're playing Tetris, I'll, I'll grab the Pro Controller. She prefers that. And I'll use the two Joy-Cons, uh, like in the Joy-Con grip, and I use the buttons. 
when we're playing Tetris. When we're playing Puyo Puyo, if we're just playing Puyo Puyo and saying Puyo Puyo sounds weird, but when we're playing that, um, we've just been using the Joy-Cons with the with the little handles that, that comes with the Switch. And playing that with a joystick is perfectly acceptable. I'm having a, 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 a real blast with it. One gripe that I will – well, two gripes. I have two gripes with the game, and then I'll shut up. Uh, the first gripe is the voices of the characters – they're really annoying. I'm going to see, like, I did see that there was a sound effects thing. I was going to see if turning that off turned off just the voices. Um, but I don't want, I, like, you don't want to shut off, like, all of the 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 cool, like, click, 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 click as you're moving things around. You don't want to move, you don't want to shut those off. You just want to shut off the voices. And it would have been nice if they'd include an, a, a separate uh, toggle for that. I'm going to check and see if, if that's the case um, later on. My other gripe with it, is it, it it you can have four player battles and it would have been fantastic if my wife and I could queue up together on multiplayer so that she and I are on one team and we're fighting against some other team and I can't find that as an option and if that is an option please write in runjumpstomp at gmail.com or shout at me on Twitter and let me know because I want to I want to know that and I want to check that out because. I think that she and I would have a blast fighting against other people online. Uh, anyway, so that's gameplay for this week. Uh, and um, hang on a sec. That wasn't so bad. That's all the time that we have for today. If there's a story that I missed, please let me know. There's a whole bunch of ways that you guys can do that. If you hit me up on Twitter, that's at RunJumpStomp. If you want to just use the hashtag AskSwitchCraft, I searched for that before the show so I can find out if anybody said anything to me. Um you can just email me, runjumpstomp at gmail.com. Include the subject line of Switchcraft if you want to make sure that I get that information. You can go to the Discord channel, which if you go to runjumpstomp.com slash Discord, you can join there, and there's a channel in there for uh, podcast stories. You can just drop podcast stories in there. I get a lot of podcast stories from other people that way. You can even call a phone number and leave a voicemail, which will get played on the show. The phone number is 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867. Now, let's talk about supporting the show. There's a couple of free ways that you can support the show. Number one, easiest way is just go to iTunes and give us a review. Uh, the more reviews that we get, whether they're good or bad, the the, the more we're likely we are to get noticed. Um the worst thing is when a podcast has no reviews. Right now, it's got no reviews. It's a new podcast, so that's not a big surprise. But get over there and review it for us, guys. That would be awesome. Uh, another free way that you can support the show is by going to, um, if you go to runjumpstomp.com slash support, and all of these things are listed there, but at runjumpstomp.com slash support, you can go there, and there's a few different things that you can see. Uh, one of them is an Amazon link. It's a big Amazon picture or an Amazon logo, and it's got my face right in the middle of it. And uh, not my face, but like a cartoon version of my face. You get the picture. It's the one that says Amazon. But anything that you buy through there gets me some money. And that would be awesome because it helps me justify this time away from my family because I, you know, I got to take time away from my family to record and edit and all that stuff. All right, if uh, you want to support the show financially, there's a bunch of different ways that you can do that. If you're listening to this, probably a fan of Nintendo, probably have a Switch. If you really like your Switch and you want to class it up, 
One of the ways that you can do so is by buying a dock sock from my wife's Etsy store. So she's making these dock socks. And for the people who are watching live on Twitch right now, I'm holding it up and shaking it around. But um, this is a dock sock. The Nintendo Switch has a dock. The front of it uh, is underneath your TV. And this is just this uh, a, a little handmade sewn um, thing with Nintendo characters on it. It slides over the front of your Nintendo Switch dock. And it looks really cool. And I have, she made me a Donkey Kong one because my first video game memory is playing Donkey Kong at my grandmother's bar when I was a kid. Because um, my mom would take me there when my mom would talk to my grandmother at the bar and they would give me a pile of quarters and I would play Donkey Kong uh, for hours. All right. Other ways that you can support the show is you can go to patreon.com slash run, jump, stomp for a dollar a month. You can help me make content like this. If you want to do more than that, then you get more rewards. One of the rewards is a drawing, which I've been uh, like, I'm bad at drawing and I will suffer through trying to make a drawing just for you. And if you go as a high enough reward level, you'll even get a video of said drawing uh and uh you know it's not a good drawing but i spend some time on it damn it uh and then finally if we hit 50 bucks a month we're going to be bringing out a, a, a fourth episode of switchcraft every single week so if you are enjoying yourself here just make sure you head on over to patreon.com and throw a little scratch this way and uh we'll keep making this show Anyway, thanks so much for hanging out with me today. I will see you guys next time. Uh, Bye-bye.